So today in American Conversations, we are delighted to have Leora Levy, who's running for the U.S. Senate in Connecticut. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be with you. So, Leora, th this is tough. I mean, you're running as a Republican and, you know, you're a new candidate, but you're not new to politics. You've been around with the Republican. You've been a Republican National Committee woman from Connecticut. You've been involved with raising money for uh, Republicans on not just the state level, but the national level. You were uh, President Trump appointed you to the ambassadorship to uh, Chile. And so you, you, you know politics. But tell, tell the audience why you decided to run now. I decided to run because I don't, I, I've never been so concerned about what is happening in our country. And I told my husband, Steve, I can't not run. I'm running to make sure that this country never goes communist. I escaped mm -hmm. communism. I was born in Cuba. We came here with nothing because they took everything from my family. And I see so many parallels in, in what this woke progressive movement is trying to do to our country. I couldn't not run. Um, I'm, I'm running to make life better for the families of Connecticut, for families in America. I want our children to have the same opportunity to live their American dream, whatever that is that I have had. And I understand too that on, I think it's your mother's side of the family. I, I read that your grandparents and, and your mother came from Lithuania as well. Yes, the they did. So they, so they, they, your perspective, and we see this across the country with people who are, I want to say recent immigrants. Okay. Yes. I'm not, we're not talking about back in the 1700s or 1800s, right. but recent immigrants coming from places where oppression was real. And they lost things. And I, I think I read someplace that your parents actually tried to enter the United States at some point in Ellis Island and were turned away. Well, my mother and her, my mother and her parents, my grandparents, when they escaped Europe, it's that is a, a story on its own. Sure, and it's relative today because of what's happening. In, yes, in I mean they yeah. had to pass as non-Jews. They had to take a train through Germany. The train car apparently was filled with SS officers, and they were passing. This was 1940, and mm. um, they got to Italy. They got on one of the last American ships to leave Italy, and when they got to Ellis Island, they were not allowed. They were not admitted. Mm -hmm. It was just lucky that two relatives had already gone to Cuba and were able to get visas for them. So they went to Cuba. So, so tell us your perspective today when you see the, what's happening with the Southern border. I mean, does I'm, that a legal I'm a legal immigrant to this country. I believe in legal immigration. We all came from somewhere. Legal immigration is good for our country. But what's happening at the southern border is not legal immigration. It is an invasion. They they said just today I heard a statistic that over 900,000 gotaways alone in this fiscal year. There are, mm -hmm. there are approximately 4 million people who have entered since Biden was inaugurated. 
It is, it is striking. I've covered human trafficking all over the world for about 23 yes, years. Yes, I know. Whenever I see a migration like this, it doesn't matter whether it's Arab rising, you know, across MENA or whether it's yeah. into, into Europe or now with Ukraine or coming from the southern border here in the United States. I know that every time that there's a large migration or there's a war zone, there is human trafficking. It's not just smuggling. It's human trafficking. Exactly. It and is human trafficking. Brutal. And there are women being trafficked. There are men being trafficked, children being trafficked. Mm -hmm. it, this mm -hmm. is not humane. This is not compassionate by any means. What's happening there is a travesty, frankly, and, and we must secure that border. So, let, so let's go back to the campaign trail because we, when we have spoken to people who are, who are running for the first time, and it doesn't matter whether it's the school board or whether, you know, for the U.S. Senate, what are you hearing out there on the local level? What, what are people's concerns about? Well, first of all, it feels great on the ground. And people's main concern is that they can't afford life life is unaffordable in Connecticut. We have the among the highest electricity prices in the country, the highest energy prices in general in the country. I was at the Durham Fair last week and had a conversation with a man who was practically in tears. He's a welder. He has a good job. He said, I've always been able to provide for my children. I'm a single father, but I don't know how I'm going to continue to pay my mortgage and make ends meet. Everything mm -hmm. is so expensive. I have to juggle the bills and figure out which ones I don't pay this month in order to get through the month. He, this shouldn't be happening in our state. Our well, state it, it, it is happening across the country. Yes. That, that's why it's, you know, um, Mike Huckabee gave an interview a couple of weeks ago and somebody asked him what he thought that this, what this, you know, was about. And he said, definitely gas and groceries. Gas and groceries. And always God to, to Mike, you know, yes. but, it, but it's, but it, it really comes down to what is happening in the country. So let me ask you about something, because I read on your website that you had supported one of the clinics in Afghanistan. I uh, did. I, I, held, I, I made sure it was furnished. My cousin was stationed at Bagram. This was in the early 2000s. And he called me one night and said, Leora, my friend has just been put in charge of the first mild traumatic brain injury clinic in theater at Bagram Air Force Base, which meant they, di they didn't have to fly the wounded soldiers to Germany. Mm -hmm. They could stay closer to their units and get back to their units more quickly. And he said, but the government's going to take six months to furnish it, even with basics like sheets and towels. Mm -hmm. He said, can you help? So he, I asked for the list. I organized 50 friends and a few local businesses in six weeks. We sent enough materials, sheets and towels to big leather armchairs and ottomans, big screen TV. The most important thing we sent were the Bose noise-canceling headphones because these mm -hmm. were soldiers with head wounds and they were on an Air Force base. Right. So we sent enough for them to open a second clinic in the interior of Afghanistan as well. So, you know, I will Thank fast you. forward. Thank yeah, you. I, well, you're welcome. But this I mean, least, that's, the that's least the we could do, the least we could do after what they were doing for us to make sure we didn't have to worry about being attacked again here on, on our home soil, 
you know, they they kept us safe, and it was the least I could do. So, so what? So, how did you feel when when um, President Biden decided to pull out of Afghanistan, and now it's turned over to the Taliban? I felt personally offended and upset because of what of my small role of what I did for the, our soldiers in in Bagram. Common sense would have told you that this was a huge mistake, and this is not how things should have been done, and. It's unspeakable what happened. And and it really, look at the chain reaction, look at the state of the world today, because the world realizes how weak our leadership is in this country. Notice I did not say our country is weak. Americans are strong people, but our leadership is weak and our leadership doesn't have the will to to be the leader leader of the of the free world. Um, one thing I do want to go back to that story because something really amazing happened mm-hmm. in March. I was speaking in Southington, Connecticut, and I told that story. A young man raised his hand and said, "I don't have a question, but I want to tell you I was airlifted to that clinic three times, and it saved my life." His wow. name is Michael. I was in Southington yesterday. He, I was marching in the Southington parade and he marched with me. We have become friends. And it's what just a blessing. What, what a, blessing. a blessing. I mean, it what gives a- me goosebumps e- even to tell the story because what are the odds that that would have happened? It, 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 it tells you that life is a full circle. It really is. It doesn't. Okay. So let's, let's talk about, you have written on your, on your website how America is a haven and a heaven to you and your family. It is because here explain, I am. Explain that because I haven't well, heard I haven't heard that phrase before. Haven and a heaven. I wrote it. <laughs> That's because we came here with nothing, as I told you, just mm-hmm. the clothes we were wearing. The one thing that they couldn't take away from us was my dad's education. He and my dad. He's ninety-one. God bless him, and um, brilliant man. And and he was able to get a good job as an engineer. And I watched him work really hard to to make ends meet. We started in a very small little two bedroom apartment and we, you know, eventually we got our own small house and then eventually we got a nicer house. But it was oh, everything was always aspirational. I never knew as a child that we were poor, but I guess we were. But we were rich in that we had each other and we had hope and we had opportunity here. And I worked hard. I, I was a good student because I worked hard for it. I went to a top university. I went to Wall Street as one of the first women international commodity traders in the world. At the time, there were very few women in that field. Mm-hmm. Fast forward 2019, President Trump nominated me to be ambassador to Chile because when I was trading, I I shipped hundreds of thousands of tons of copper concentrates out of Chile, their number one export. And of course, Spanish is my first language. So, and now I'm running for U.S. Senate. It's it's historical if you win in Connecticut because you're Jewish, you're Hispanic, you're a woman. Yes. You would be the first woman to be uh, in yes. the Senate. I'll okay. be the first woman and the first Hispanic. So let's talk about uh, I when I watched your acceptance speech at the primary, and you talked about things uh, that are not foreign policy, but they 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 are part of the haven and heaven, mm-hmm. uh, and and 
that has to do with fentanyl, parental rights, yes. uh, gender dysphoria, um, mandated vaccinations. Uh, it, let, let's because that really affects the family. And and to me, when we talk to people who are running for, for uh, office this year or even incumbents. The people on the ground are very concerned about those issues. They certainly are. And so look, where, where, I, I'm where a mother. You, yeah, where, where do you stand on, on these issues? Because I, I, I stand with, with the parents. They're our children. They're not the government's children. You know, one of the first things Fidel Castro did when he took over was to indoctrinate the children to spy and inform on their parents. And he replaced the parents in their minds as a father figure. Mm -hmm. Well, I am very sensitive to the fact that our government in the guise of the schools is trying to do a very similar thing. Especially in, in, there's there's not just the indoctrination, but it's also the parents don't get to know. That's right. Keeping secret secrets parents. from the parents. In fact, in Southington, Connecticut, within the last couple of weeks, there has been a major issue where a high school teacher gave some kind of worksheet out with all kinds of woke terms like Latinx. I mean, I'm I'm Latina. I've never. I never even heard that term. I don't know anybody who accepts that term in in my world. Um, and she also didn't want the parents to know about this. In, in Stanford, Connecticut, a worksheet was given out at the middle school level by a teacher. Again, asking students for their pronouns and asking, do you want your parents to know or is this just for me to know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm sorry, they're not her children. They are the they belong, they are their parents' children, and parents are in charge of their kids. Parents have every right to be involved with the curriculum. In Greenwich, Connecticut, where I live, August 31st, it James O'Keefe re, uh, released his video of that assistant principal at the Cost Cobb Elementary right. School who mm -hmm. discriminates in his hiring practices. No Catholics, no conservatives. No one over 30. Who knew 30 was over the hill? <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. I, we, we might have thought that at the, at the same time, too, maybe. Maybe, you know? but I maybe. think he's over 30. Yeah. But nevertheless, he does that because he wants young progressive teachers who will indoctrinate the children to be progressives the rest of their lives. Well, I called a press conference that very day. We, I had over 100 parents standing next to me and behind me and six or eight television cameras. And I stood up for parents. It is not acceptable. I, I had a child, a young girl who had just graduated from that school next to me. She happens to be also Cuban-American. Her mother escaped. Uh, fam her mother's family was from Cuba. So, you know, I will always stand with the parents. Let's talk about fentanyl. We have, I've interviewed people in Connecticut uh, yes. whose children have been overdosed and died oh, um, from fentanyl. And that's that's on your website too. Yes. And, and, and that, again, that's connected to the border. That's connected to Biden's is. policies, keeping it open because the fentanyl comes from China. It and comes from China through Mexico. The drug cartels use mules and they, they get it over the border. It comes here. We have had young young people die from fentanyl. We've had other people get 
other kids get very sick from fentanyl. It's here. It's made every state a border state. And in fact, they are flying, uh, Biden and Mallorcas and Blumenthal are flying illegal immigrants to Westchester County Airport, five miles from my house. Mm-hmm. If the wind's blowing a certain way, we can hear the planes mm-hmm. when they take off. I uh, I don't hear them land, but I do hear them taking off. And um, it's... Do you, do, you have a, do you have an influx of, of the uh, immigrants from the border? Yes. And Lamont and Blumenthal, by the way, Lamont lives down the street. Blumenthal lives a mile away. They just say, bring them on in. We're a sanctuary state and hardworking Connecticut work uh, families are footing the bill for these people. And is that resonating with the voters? I oh, mean, it if sure they can't is. afford their own groceries, they can't afford their own gas. If they don't That's know how right. to make ends meet, if they have energy costs going up. And then they see an influx of immigrants that are supposed to be taken over with state monies or federal aid. That's that's right. It sure does resonate. You know, they work hard. They're having a hard time feeding their kids, filling their car with gas to get to work. And and they're underwriting these, you know, people who are here illegally. Mm -hmm. That's that's not fair. All right. So you 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 are also a pharmaceutical state. Uh, you've got some mm-hmm. pharmaceuticals there. So where do you stand in terms of um, mandated vaccinations? Because it it affects a lot of the, um, you, you have no religious exemptions that came out of this. No, state. they took it away. Well, I, I, I support religious exemption and I, I am, I am a free and independent thinking human being. I decided to get the initial vaccinations because we were told they were safe and effective. Well, they've turned out not to be as safe nor as effective as, as we had hoped. So, you know, I think it's up to the individual. So, I really it, the government cannot, should not mandate something that hasn't even gotten full approval yet. Well, that's true. And a lot of people don't <laughs> fully understand it. We, we have been, we're the guinea pigs. <laughs> we <laughs> have the been, trials. We're in the trials. Well, that this, this whether is, knowingly or not, we are. That's true. So, that, that is true. And we uh, have been interviewing vac- uh, vaccinated injured since beginning of yeah. uh, 2021. And I'm especially know- worried about young kids, mm-hmm. young young men, and young women. I'm especially worried about them. So, so when you're on the campaign trail. Are, are 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 these issues out yes. there? Are, are people talking about them? Are I mean, and in Connecticut especially, I know that there, there is a. I think it's. I think it still is. The the most of the independents is the lar- is the largest group. And yes, in- they are. And 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 frankly, I'm I'm doing very well with independents. I'm winning the independents. Every everywhere I go throughout the state, I have people who are independents. Republicans, of course, and Democrats come up to me and say, you know, we may not agree on every issue, but we like you and we're going to vote for you because we've had enough. Did you hear that? Did you hear that in the Republican primary that pe- pe- people, yes. didn't, I mean, you may, you may be new to, you know, running for politics, but I mean, do people come up and I, I guess I want to say whisper to you, you know, a lot of them say it very plainly and clearly and loudly. And uh, everywhere I go, the reception is great. 
people know I'm not a career politician. I like to say I'm a career American. That's why I'm running because I love my country and I know I can make a difference for the good in, in my country. And, and that's what I'm going to, that's why I'm going to Washington. And I noticed on your endorsements that Marsha Blackburn introduced yeah. you. She's, she's, uh, she holds her own. She set. is fantastic. She is a good friend, and I am so grateful for her endor her endorsement. I've I, I've been endorsed by Tom Cotton, Tom Tillis, Rob Portman. Um, a lot of of, of uh, senators have endorsed me, as well as congressmen. President mm -hmm. Trump endorsed me. I'm very proud of those endorsements. Ambassador Rick Grinnell endorsed me. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of that. They endorse me because they know me as a person. They've worked with me and they know what I'm capable of doing and why I'm going, why I'm running for, for Senate. They know what motivates me. And that is to make life better for all Americans and especially for connect, uh, residents in my home state of Connecticut. Do you, do you think that, that some of the problems that we have today is because there is just too many people serving for too long in Washington, D.C. from a business, from a business yes. point of view. Well, to be honest, I have signed the U.S. term limits pledge. I, I have pledged to only serve two terms, and mm -hmm. I'm running to make sure that Dick Blumenthal observes that pledge as well. Because he's running for his third term, and he's 76 years old. He's, he, he has been in politics for almost 40 years Mm -hmm. In elected office, excuse me, he's been in politics longer, but in elected office for almost 40 years. These are not jobs for life. Our founders conceived of these as, as public service, not professional. Not, not career politicians. Not career politicians. Has he been willing to debate you? We have a debate scheduled for November 2nd. Oh, so this is this, this is, is news. Right. This is yeah. when, when does early voting start in Connecticut? We don't have early voting. Eighty to ninety percent of our voters vote on election day. So this is this there is are absent. You can get an absentee ballot if, if, but you have to set. You have to either be ill or you away out of state mm -hmm. and unable to vote in person. But but we do not have early voting in Connecticut. This is an old fashioned election. So it's going. It's going to be. It's going to be on the on right be, right before the election. It did. Yes. They, did it, who's who's actually running the the uh, debate? Uh, Channel three in Connecticut. I think it's WFSB. Are their call letters? Okay. All right. Uh -huh. and where are they going to be holding them? In their studio. I I really would have liked an audience, but unfortunately, we didn't. We did not win that that point. Well, that that's the negotiations that always mm -hmm. happen. I mean, yes. sometimes they change that around. But is now let's talk about um, you have spoken out about the fact that Blumenthal supported the Inflation Reduction Act. He did. I call it the Mansion Cinema Build Inflation Back Better Act because that's <laughs> what it will do. It will not reduce inflation. It will not affect cli climate change in a positive way at all. Infinitesimally, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent over 10 years. Does that resonate with the, with the public when you're out there on the campaign trail? Yes, it does. 
So, and they're so. not happy about the 87,000 IRS agents. They're not happy about a slush fund for the energy department. They remember Solyndra. They're not happy about a bank in the EPA. What do, e what do EPA officials know about banking? All of these things are just efforts to corrupt, to, to be corrupt and to, to mis misuse American taxpayer money. Let's talk about Ukraine, all right? Uh, your family, Lithuania. Yeah, it's right there. We're on the verge of a, of a nuclear war. It's this thing. And, and one of the things that uh, we reported on early because we spoke to a lot of heads of state overseas who were actually talking to Putin at the time, they all told us um, that, in fact, that they wanted Joe Biden to make a phone call to him, all right? Mm -hmm. And to date, as far as we know, he has never done that. What does that tell you as somebody who's running for the Senate when uh, war is the only answer, seemingly money being sent over there, and at the same time, the U.S. head of state has not picked up the phone to talk to Putin, who he, and he has told the Finnish uh, president, he has told Macron in France, he has told uh, um, uh, people in Italy that he wants Biden to pick up the phone. Putin has said that. Putin has said that. Putin has said that. They, many of the heads of states and the office, the officials. It's an abdication of, of his of his responsibility if he won't pick up the phone and, and make that call. That is outrageous. Yeah, there it's outrageous. Was, we had we had people tell us uh, off the record, and then finally, Christiane Amanpour did an interview with the president of Finland, and he actually said that yes, Putin wanted him. I mean, one was communicating to everybody. That in fact, that yes, he wanted a phone call from Joe Biden. You know, in order to avoid war, in order to save lives, I would call anybody. <laughs> I don't care who they asked me to call. I would pick up the phone and make that call. I really don't understand how someone could be in in the presidency, be president of the United States, and be so arrogant as to not or ignorant as to not make that call. But I think it was President Obama who said something about Joe Biden never being on the right side of any issue. I think that was also Hillary Clinton. Oh, Hillary Clinton too. All right. She well, said, even a said, broken she's, clock she's, is right twice too. a day. So. She said that too. All right. So so what is it that you want the you want the public to know your strongest message out there as we close out? Well look it it Life is unaffordable. There's general lawlessness and rising crime. There's an assault on parental rights and an invasion at our border. It doesn't have to be like this. Two short years ago, even with COVID, but before COVID, life was better. Gas energy prices were low. Gas was affordable. Food was plentiful and affordable. Crime was under control and parents were in control of their kids. We can, we can live like that again, but we need to change the leadership. That's why I'm running. And I, I promise all of your viewers that I am going there to serve them 
I'm going there to fix the problems and work uh, with the ma majority who will be the Republicans when I'm elected, because I will be the reliable 51st common sense Republican vote. And if I'm more than the 51st, if I'm the 52nd or 55th, even better. But our policies work. Our policies are the best for every individual citizen as well as our country as a whole. And I am just asking them to vote for me, to give us a chance to fix the country and put us back on the right track. Leora Levy, thank you very much. We appreciate you coming on today. Good luck with you. May I give my website? I forgot to do that. Oh, absolutely. Give, give, how, do they, how do people get to your website? My website is Leora. For ct.com and that's l-e-o-r-a-f-o-r-c-t.com great leora thank you. thank you very much good luck on the campaign trail thank you christine i'm 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 loving it i i really am enjoying campaigning and meeting so many great people all over the state and we're going to win this election so thank you good luck to you all thank right. you bye